Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Casper. And I am your other host here, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays, as always, are for podcasts. Yay! Anyway. So, <laughs> so you guys, we have a special episode tonight on haunted locations. We are going to be talking about Bobby Mackey's, located Ooh. in Wilder, Kentucky, which is probably about a... 35-minute drive from here, if that. So, let me talk about the history of the location, give you a little bit of haunting history. Uh, This place is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Just, this place is fucked. Yeah. Um, When I was younger, I actually remember wanting to go there. Um, When I watched the Ghost Adventures episode on Bobby Mackey's, I was like, oh, they have like a lot of uh, activity there, and I really want to go. And now, I'm like, no. Mm-mm. I found out about it in high school. Uh, I actually knew a girl whose mom um, would go a lot because it's a country bar, basically. And um, she and I couldn't remember if it was her sister or a friend of hers both described not only um, seeing cigarette smoke and smelling perfume, specifically rose perfume, which we'll get into what that signifies. Um, and then they also described seeing um, an apparition of a cowboy, which other people have described seeing as well. So, um, and I do have a I have an actual story from a friend of mine that uh, wanted to share her experiences at Bobby Mackey's. So, thank you, Shauna, for sharing that. And um, we will get to that probably towards the end. We'll start sharing experiences because I have a couple friends that have had experiences there. And, um, it's just, I'm very thankful that they weren't affected the way that certain people were, were affected by this place. Um, I feel like with me and Becky being sensitives that we are, we would probably have something follow us home. Um, yeah, we were actually talking about this earlier that, um, you know, neither one of us plan on going to Bobby Mackey's ever. (laughs) So... If anybody has asked already or plans on asking, oh, are you guys going to visit or are you guys going to do one of the ghost hunts? Because I actually sent uh, Casper a thing where I found out that Nick Groff, who used to be on Ghost Adventures, is actually going to be doing a ghost hunt there, um, I think, June 30th. If you all remember, too. Here I am plugging Nick Groff's ticket prices. (laughs) Like, buy your tickets at nickgroff.com or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He was the one that was actually possessed at Bobby Mackey's. Yeah, I'm really surprised that he is. So I'm surprised he's going back. Well, when you're charging $245 a pop for VIP ghost tours. Yeah, well. But it's only a $30 meet and greet. It's only a $30 (laughs) meet and greet, though. Yeah. So even if you just want to go to the place to experience it and then just meet him, that's really not a bad price. But I, you know, whether you guys have your reservations with Ghost Adventures or not, um, I am one who firmly believes after doing the research that I did about this area that this is demonic activity. And there is a difference between demons and ghost. If you want to know what the difference is, go back and listen to our Warrens episode. We go into full detail about demons and demonic possession and demonic activity. And demons will attach themselves to you. You know, Casper uh, and I both have gone into detail on that one and in past episodes that we both have experienced demonic presences. 
And I don't need any more experiences with demons that I've already had in my lifetime. So no, I will never be going to Bobby Mackey's. I'll go to Waverly Hills. Next week, we're going to be in the Borden oh house. My God, Those week. are not demons. They're ghosts. So I'm good. Oh, yeah. By the way, next week, we're going to be in Salem. And we're going to be at the Lizzie Borden house, guys. This time, bam, bam, bam. this time next week, we'll be preparing for our trip. And it's just, I was telling Becky, I was like, you do realize one week from Sunday, we're going to be standing <laughs> in the Borden house. In the board, like, I was telling, I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, Lizzie Borden means a lot to me. Like, the whole story about Lizzie Borden, who she was as a person. And if we contact Lizzie, I'm going to be very emotional about that. Yeah. Just even anything, a touch, a hello, anything. Even seeing, being in her gravesite is going to be hard. Like, that's just... If I sympathize with anybody in the world that was a past, she wasn't a serial killer by any means, but, and do I condone what she did? Of course I don't, but I get where she was coming from and she has my full support. Yeah. Mine too. Shouldn't have killed your parents. Yeah. That was a bit on the extreme side, but you know, for what the time it was, the period was, and for everything that you went through with them who you were and all of that adding up to you just losing it. Not to mention she had mental problems. So I'm also going to get very emotional in Salem. I mean, it's the site of the Salem witch trials and I just being a witch myself and I don't, I eh, just the whole history behind all of that is just so sad. And, you know, we do plan on doing an episode about it. If you guys are unfamiliar, um, I mean, I'm sure most of you, I'm sure most people by now have either read the book, The Crucible by Arthur Miller, have seen the play, saw the movie back in the 90s with Daniel Day-Lewis and Winona Ryder. I mean, we're all very familiar with the story of the of Salem and what happened, but it's just so tragic. And it's just going to be a very sensitive area to be in just all the way around, just with everything in my history and the history of the area and the atmosphere so the whole trip itself is going to be exciting and we can't wait for you guys to see all the pictures and the podcast we're going to do about it and all the Chucky stuff and you guys have no idea how much we're loving rewatching Child's Play movies yeah so we're recording our June um that's gonna be the June 5th episode next week's yeah our next week episode guys we're gonna be recording this Saturday and that's going to be our episode all about Chucky. Everything about Child's Play, Chucky, the Chuckster, the man. Um, <laughs> the man. The man. Don't fuck with the Chuck. Um, so that's exciting. Like, I love it. I was telling Casper, like, going back and watching those movies again, especially being of age at the time to watch them when they came out, is so weird. And I'm watching them and I'm like, holy fuck, we really have the actual Chucky doll. Because you're, like, watching the good guys be made. You're seeing the box and everything. And you're like, holy shit. Like, uh, wow. You know, but you know what, guys? You can't keep a good guy down. <laughs> well, he better stay down. Otherwise, he's getting thrown out a window. He better just... Just yeet. Hey, 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 hey. And before I forget, before we start into this podcast, um, last week... Let's Watch Horror did a shout out to me because I can do an extremely good impression of Tiny Tim. 
Because they did an Insidious episode. I know. So, this is for you guys, because I promised you I would do this. Oh, this creeps me out so (laughs) bad, but thanks, guys. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) So, they did a podcast last week on Insidious, and they were all, like, talking about the Tiptoe Through the Tulips song, and they were like, we would love to do it, but we wish our friend Kristen here would do it, because she does a really good Tiny Tim episode. I promise, or episode, what? Impression. I promised you guys I would do it, so here it goes. Tiptoe through the window, through the tulips, that's where I'll be. So tiptoe through the tulips with me. Woo! Oh my god. There you go. There it was. <laughs> As I'm over here cringing. She literally has one eye closed. <laughs> it's actually happening. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> There you go, guys. That was just for you. It's so good. It's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, that's like so I could just I could just be the tribute band, the Tiny Tim. I remember <laughs> that song scaring the shit out of me as a kid, and then they like just creep. Not really. Well, not scaring me, but creeping me out. It's a creepy fucking song. It's just he's creepy. The song's creepy. It's creepy. And then they put it in that movie, and it's in those scenes, and you're like, okay, fuck this song. Well, <laughs> like, you know, he was on an episode of SpongeBob. That living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. That was in a Spongebob episode. You just ruined that Spongebob episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Damn it. That was that episode where all of those fucking anchovies came into the establishment. You had to keep, like, doing the coffee patties. That was Tiny Tim. Yep. No. Childhood ruined. I'm just going to erase that from my memory. <laughs> well, young adulthood adolescence ruined. <laughs> right. It was childhood for me. Childhood it was like for young her. adult for you. <laughs> for me. <laughs> ruined. It's not ruined, though, because I, I love like that song. Happen. I do, too. I'll just, I'll just act like he didn't sing it. We'll just act like he didn't sing it. <laughs> At least I will. It wasn't Tiny Tim. It was just an operatic man. Yay! Falsetto. It was uh, Barry Gibb from there the Bee Gees. There you go. Bee There you go. That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. No fever, no fever. We know how to do it. <laughs> y'all didn't no know y'all was fever, getting any no Saturday Night Fever, fever disco tonight, did you? We know how you? to show it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is amazing. We're like, Bobby Mackey's Demons, and then we're like, Bee Gees. <laughs> well, hey, it's a, it's a dance club, right? That's so true. It kind of fits with the theme. Did it open in 1980? 70. 70. 70. Like oh, 77 the Bee- or 78. Well, look so at that. Like the right fucking Bee Gees. The fucking Bee Gees was out. It Even fits. though it was a country club. Yeah, well, you know. Country road, take, take me home to the place. Happy love, <laughs> West Virginia, Mount Mama, Country Road, take me home. You guys hate us right now. Yeah, everybody's you? like, what is this podcast turning into? So at like the 11 minute mark, we just like turned it off. and <laughs> We thought we were going to listen to Bobby Mackey's and instead we just listened to music from the 80s and Chucky Tonk and we're confused. 
<laughs> it's our podcast. We can do what we want, guys. It's my podcast. I can do what I want to. Okay. We're okay. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> it's been one of them days. Um, no. We it has keep, been one of them days. Guys, we, as always, when we know we're going into dark, deep, dark subject matter, we like try to kind of go on it, lightening the mood a little bit because it gets like really fucking dark. Um, you know, when you really get into the the thick of it about the story, like the history of Bobby Mackey's, the history, well, not even so much the club itself, but just the land on where the club was founded. Um, do you want me to go more go into right that? Ahead. And then go right ahead. We'll kind of go. Cause I think you, I didn't really do near as much research about like Bobby Maggie, Bobby Mackey's specifically. Like, I did more about the history. I really wanted to delve deep into the history of the place because that's just kind of more of my thing. Well, it's more like we wanted to tell you guys like the kind of land that it was built right. on, wh- how Bobby Mackey started the, uh, like what it was before the bar, and then what Bobby Mackey thought of everything, you know, as far as like when he built the bar and all that kind of stuff. So it's well, just. A history lesson, basically. And I think, too, this will give everybody an idea of why there is so much demonic activity at Bobby Mackey's, why there has been an exorcism there, why people have such a a dark feeling and a a depressive, uh, heavy feeling when they go there, because it is demonic. There is a demonic presence there. There are many demonic presence there. And I think it all starts from the very beginning of where the land was founded. So Wilder, Kentucky butts up against the Licking River um, in Northern Kentucky. Why would you, why would you, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be like, (laughs) as soon as you start and then I'm like, Licking River. Why would you call it that? I mean, there's a bone lick river too. It's just funny. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm 12. I'm I'm sure there's, (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's a viable reason of why it's called the Licking River. Like, maybe that's a nickname. I don't know. Um, I think it's mostly because of the township that it's near. But um, I know it's a tributary that actually runs all the way into the Mississippi River. So it's pretty interesting that it actually goes that far from where it starts in Ohio all the way down to Kentucky and then drains into the Mississippi. Um, so where that land was prior to it becoming Bobby Mackey's was, um, all an Indian settlement. Um, so the history, we actually, uh, found, Casper actually found a great, great website called, uh, Mysterious Universe. Um, and it had just a ton of history about the area and Bobby Mackey's in itself, um, so I did want to read a little bit of this. The very land the club is built upon has a rather tragic past that has been tainted with blood and woe before any building ever existed. Sitting right up against the Licking River, as we mentioned, the area was once the gruesome scene of brutal fighting between native tribes and the bloodshed continued when white settlers arrived who went on to massacre the natives. The area would be called Wilder because um, then and became a bustling railway nexus in the 1800s with much of the town being built over the unnamed graves of fallen forgotten natives. So from what I was told in that area, 
um, my uh, mother, my father's side is part Cherokee, mostly from family in Virginia and North Carolina. And my mother, from what I didn't get a chance to do a lot of research into her family, from what she's told me, it's Blackfoot Indian. Most of that was in that area. So you have to think from the start, there was just a complete and total uh, gruesome scene of just hundreds of natives, from what I was told, Blackfoot Indians, just completely massacred on their land. Their blood is on that land. They're buried on that land. And people just, oh, well, it's Wilder, Kentucky now. It's a settlement. So, of course, right there where all these people died, what do they build on top of it? A slaughterhouse. So where and you land, guys already know, like whenever like, you come on, whenever you hear about something being buried, buried, what? Whenever you hear about something being built on Indian burial grounds, that is not a big no-no. There's always some kind of negative, malevolent or demonic spirit attached to it. Always. Well, and that's why I'm a firm believer of. You know, that's why it's so interesting that I love that we're picking a lot of areas that are near to where we live. Because in southwest Ohio, really in Ohio in general, but mostly in this area of Ohio and northern Kentucky, a lot of all of this area was uh, Indians Mm -hmm. or Indian tribes, was all Indian land. So when white settlers came in in the 1600s and wiped this land out, there are a lot of Indian burial mounds around this area that are either still, the bodies are still there or the bodies were removed. So there were whole towns. I mean, there's there Hamilton areas of that, Reading, it just different towns all around Cincinnati as a whole were built on top of Indian burial mounds. You know, you really want to get into it. Fucking music hall in Washington Park has been on top, built on top of a potter's grave. Yeah, that's, that's all true. on top of a potter's grave. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and then anytime, and I heard this specifically from um, the show Ghost Hunters back in the day that they would talk about bodies of water, areas yeah. near bodies of water, how water is a natural generator of energy. So anytime something is near bodies of water, also. It near the Ohio River and in those areas of Ohio and Kentucky are just rich with limestone. Yep. And limestone, again, is a conductor of energy, just like water, which for for that reason tends to just be a hotbed of paranormal activity. Which is why Cincinnati has a lot of ghost tours because tons of Cincinnati is very haunted. Throughout Eden Park, all into I mean the fucking Underground Railroad. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, the Underground Railroad system. Oh, all of that. All of that area. So, yeah. So, of course, you have all this bloodshed. What do you do? You build a slaughterhouse right on top of it. So... What do you do? (laughs) You make it more bloody. More blood. Um, So, in the 1850s, this slaughterhouse was built um, for 40 years. Animals were slaughtered there, and their bodies were dumped down a well, and that well drained right into the river. So, there would be times that... um, you know, they they would be so busy during certain seasons that actually parts of the Licking River for miles would just be red, like something out of the fucking Bible, Book of Revelation shit, just <laughs> blood just running down this river. Um, and in between that time, it was, re- now there was a book written by a man named Doug Hensley, I think it's either called 
gates of hell or portal to hell um where he hell's mentions gate. hell's gate i'm sorry um hell's where gate. he does mention that um in between the time of pearl Bryan's murder and the slaughterhouse that satanic cults use that area for human and animal sacrifices um you know, there hasn't been any evidence, but every time I hear stuff like that, like, oh, there wasn't any evidence. And it's like, you know, are they really going to leave evidence? They're behind? not going to leave evidence. Mm, no, I don't think so. If they're actually going to be making any type of human or animal sacrifices, everything would be gone. I mean, it's right near that river. So it's and actually they're gonna dump more... it down the well. It's going to be gone. It's scarier that there's no evidence. It's, it's, it's more horrifying. It means it probably was happening. More than likely, that means it was going on. And it would be a hot... It would be a hotbed for that area. I feel like from the very beginning, this area has been damned from the start. Yeah. That land right there has just been damned. So once we go from, you know, the, the Indian tribes being murdered, the slaughterhouse, the sac the satanic sacrifices, we get right into the Pearl Bryan murder. So this is the one that's most specific to the Bobby Mackey story. And it is crazy how this story ties in to, okay, so we call this area the tri-state. I've heard people refer to it in the boroughs in New York, but um, the reason why we call it the tri-state is because Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio and this central area are really close together. Like, I believe- There's a highway that connects all yeah, of them too. Yeah, it's a 275 and it goes, loop. Yeah, and yeah. it goes through all three states. Yeah, so yeah, so we literally have- a highway 275 that goes in a giant loop and it goes through Indiana, Kentucky and Ohio. So we call that the tri-state. So Pearl Bryan, her story actually starts out in Indiana. Um, she is the youngest of 12 children. She was born and raised in Greencastle, Indiana, and she graduated from high school in 1892. Um, in the spring of 1895, when she was, I believe 21 at that time, she was introduced to a man named Scott Jackson, um, who I believe originally was from Connecticut. And he was Maine. Maine. It? Maine. it was Maine. Maine. There, guys, I hate that I'm saying that because I should know this area. I've been looking at a map of it the last two fucking weeks. <laughs> We're going to drive right through Connecticut. Um, so he's, he was actually from Maine. Um I could have said New England and it had all been the fucking same. Sorry, I was going to say, just say New England. It New covers England. all of them. You've got 13 states to cover. We got it. Um, <laughs> he was a very prominent dentist at the time. They met, um, from what people say, fell in love with each other. I <laughs> That, that casual just falling in love. Just casual just, falling in love. The just, first they time just fall in love. Just like, I've only known you for 10 seconds, but I already feel like I love you. Um, so I think it was more so Pearl in love with him. I don't Probably. really think it was recipro reciprocated on his end, um, but they ended up uh, having a child or she ended up being pregnant. Um, they, she was actually pregnant at the time, didn't have the child. He actually did not want the child. Um, I've read a lot of stories where it says that both of them didn't want the child. I, I believe she did. So the baby was born out of wedlock during that time. Of course, that's scandalous, but... They could have very well gotten married before the baby was born. And I think that would have been more Pearl's plan than it was Scott's plan. I don't think Scott wanted really much to do. I think he thought he was kind of getting more of a friends with benefits kind of thing where Pearl thought this was a real relationship and maybe it was going to lead to somewhere and she was going to marry this very prominent 
dentist who had moved from Maine to take this job in Cincinnati. So he arranges this whole thing um, in Cincinnati for her to come from Indiana to there to have an abortion and that he was actually the one that was going to perform the abortion. So back then, of course, abortions were illegal. Um, we're starting to get there now in 2019. I'm let's not, not get, let's not, not get even going to go there, guys. Just stay out of my uterus. That's all I ask. Just, just, just. I want to stay cut out, of my, out my uterus. Stay out of my possible? vagina. That's all I ask. Just stay oh, out of my why? vagina. <laughs> just stay out of my vagina. She went to stay a out of my place. vagina. <laughs> stay out of my vagina. Um, my vagina, my, my rules. My vagina. <laughs> I have the vagina. pussy. I make the rules. My I've actually heard that um, before. Like, I, I have, have the too. pussy. I make the rules. I do. And then um, someone's like, well, what if you're in a, les- a lesbian relationship? And I was like, I don't fucking know. I didn't get that far. <laughs> we take turns. We both make the rules. And then we argue about it. Yeah, and then we... <laughs> and then we make a sandwich. And then we fight. No, I'm just kidding. And then we... <laughs> no, we make and then we make a sandwich. <laughs> Sorry, that was stereotypical. A panini, woman. A panini, perhaps? Anyway. Um, a panini? <laughs> hey, babe, do you want a panini? <laughs> Since we're arguing, would you like a panini? I'm making good paninis. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this even? I don't even know how that I happened. I we went from I have I have a pussy. I make the rules to Hey, babe, you want a panini? We went from vaginas to paninis. That's how it works. That's how it goes. It's amazing. Um, so back <laughs> back in that time, there weren't really any doctors assigned to doing abortionists because they were abortions because they were pretty much back alley. So anybody, I mean, there were even. Honest to God, guys, and you're probably going to think this is crazy, but research it. There were even uh, barbers back in the day were sort of like pseudo surgeons. So you could literally go and get a shave and a haircut and your kidney removed and an abortion all in one because they just did everything and they had the equipment to do it. And nobody not, really thought anything of it. And yeah, just one why stop. Why is that not a thing still? One stop shop. All in one saying. pinch. Oh, right? you need a haircut? Do you also need a new kidney? This is great. I got you. Right on top of that. Um, so that's, he lived in Cincinnati at the time. She just assumed he was the one that was going to perform the abortion. She goes to Cincinnati to meet with him. Um, all of her family at the time were not even aware of her pregnancy. And they actually thought that she was going to Indianapolis to spend time with friends and family. They had no idea she was going to Cincinnati for this abortion that I personally believe Scott Jackson talk, talked her into. Um, she goes to Cincinnati. Scott is there with his friend, Alonzo Walling. Um, now, the rumor mill was Alonzo was actually a Satanist and he was trying to talk Scott into murdering her so that her body could be used as a sacrifice to Satan. Um, I don't know if I really buy into that. I do believe there possibly could have been satanic activity at the time it was a slaughterhouse. I don't believe personally that Scott Jackson or Alonzo Walling themselves were Satanists. I just think Scott Jackson wanted to get rid of this girl he was sleeping with, didn't want nothing to do with this baby. And his buddy was like, hey, why don't we just kill her? And he's like, cool. And I'm pretty sure that's probably, I'm more sure that's what happened instead of cooking up this story that they were Satanists. I just think it was easier for them to say, hey, why don't we just kill her? So as soon as she got to Cincinnati, they ended up drugging her. Um... What they had planned on doing 
was drugging her and uh, taking her, dumping her body in Kentucky. But the whole entire plan was botched. The drugs didn't take. Um, and they ended up cutting her head off while, while she, she was, was still actually alive. still alive. Yeah, she was still alive. So they found, I read in a newspaper article from that time in the 1890s about uh, knife marks that she actually had in her hands because she was trying to fight the knife. She was actually trying to push on the knife when they were trying to cut her head off. It just, it, oh. that's just awful. Isn't that 20, nice? Guys, she was 22 years old and she was pregnant. Like, she was a baby. horrific. She's a fucking baby. something like that happen. Um, so... There have been two different reports because her head was actually not found. Um, there were reports that they took the head and they actually threw it in the Licking River. There's been other reports, and from what they said, they dumped it down the well in the slaughterhouse where Bobby Mackey's is today. And as most of you guys know, that well is still in the basement, and that well is called the Portal to Hell. That well actually does still to this day run right into the Licking River. And back at the time that Ghost Adventures did their episode about it, they were told that when a team dug into that well, they found a piece of skull. Now, we don't know if that could have been part of Pearl Bryan's skull. I mean, this was in the 1890s. That could have been part of an animal. I don't, did they ever get it tested to see if it was human or animal? I can't remember. Because if it was animal, that very well could have been because of the slaughterhouse and the animal sacrifices. And hell, even the human sacrifices from the Satanist. It could have been from other people. Anybody. Literally could have been anybody or anything. I believe they dumped her head down there. That's that's just what I I believe they did that as well. Because that was probably their easiest escape goat. Yeah. Was to just throw her head down. Just throw her head. Especially knowing if they knew it went all the way down to... You know, well, and they or probably whatever. thought that it was it was easier to do it that way because by the time you got to think, it, it's probably got so much waste from animal remains. They probably thought that by the time it decomposed, people would right. just think it's part of an animal and just not even think anything. Not of even it. plus, right. if it's going to wash from the it's if it's going to wash off into that river and that river goes from the Ohio all the way into the Mississippi, nobody's going to find her head. Nobody's going to find it. Be the easiest and way to clearly get rid of it. no one did. <clears throat> and I think back then too that they that they assumed because you have to think there's no DNA back then. Nope. There's no finger. I don't even think there was fingerprinting existed back then. I don't think so either. So I don't think that um, happened until the twenties, did it? Didn't it? I believe so. That would have been 20s? until the early 1900s, early 1920s. So they would not have been able to identify you except for dental records. Um, there's no head. They can't identify the body. The body was dumped in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, which is. Really just kind of a hop, skip, and a jump away from Wilder. It, it, it was yeah. in a farm, This found in this guy's farm. They found the body. The way that they were actually able to identify her was from a tag in her shoes. That's how they found it was her. Yeah. She was identified by the shoes that she wore. So there was a tag in her shoe that they actually traced back to the company in Greencastle, Indiana, and that's how her family were able to identify who she was. Um, on March 20th, 1897, Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling were hanged after a trial that received national attention. So they went to trial. The murder happened in 1895. Um, and then in 1896 is when her body it was 
1895, 1896 is when her body was found. Um, so they believe it was actually January 31st, 1896 is when she died. So they both, some people say that they claimed that they had nothing to do with it and that they died innocent men. Other people claimed that, again, I mentioned that they were Satanist and that they, when right before that they were hung, that they declared that they would always haunt that area for forever. Well, in newspaper articles, it does specifically say that they still proclaim their innocence even up until when they were, when they were hung. Um, so they were actually hung where, and this kind of blew Casper's mind because she didn't know this. So there's a, there's a pretty popular area in Newport, Kentucky, which is just right over the river from downtown Cincinnati, Kentucky called Newport on the Levee. And it's kind of just like a hangout spot. That's got like, there's an aquarium, aquarium restaurants, all the festivals, are all festival right there. Stuff, yeah. stuff like that. So the courthouse is near there and the Taylor Southgate bridge. That's actually where the gallows used to be so that the people in the area had a front row seat. And that if you were even watching from the other side of the Ohio river in Cincinnati, you could see when people were about to be hanged. So where that area stands now is actually where Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling were hanged on March 20th, 1897. So think about that next time you're at the aquarium, kids. Um, yeah, I know. She told me so, that. And I was like, okay, well, next time I'm at Newport, because I fucking love Newport. Guys. I go there I all the time. Down there. I go there all the time, Now I'm going to be standing there looking at Cincinnati skyline and be like, they were hung here. That awkward conversation was, you guys know that people were hung here? Did you know this used to be a cipher gallows? Yeah. And they're going to like that awkward up, person. Because like, um... <laughs> I'm that awkward person that just spews shit out like that. Do you want to know any information about Ted Bundy or <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer or Tom Wayne Gacy? Because I know a lot. And then people just back up like, um. Comes up in casual conversation with me all the time because I I'm don't that person that's like, I know person. serial killer information. People <laughs> <laughs> just look at me like, why? And I'm like, because it's interesting. Because <laughs> if it was a Jeopardy question, you'd win. I don't know. <laughs> there was a Jeopardy question about Je it was either Jeffrey Dahmer it was or Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. It was Ted Bundy. There was a and Ted no one knew it. I knew it. And I was, I was so like, mad. that was fucking Ted Bundy, a bunch of fucking. I could have got $300 for that question. <laughs> you know algebra questions, but you don't know. Damn it. There needs to be a Jeopardy where it's solely horror questions. Dude, we'd be like that guy on there now. Like, three like, million dollars. Make the millions. <laughs> <laughs> All about the serial killer knowledge. Um, again, Pearl's head was never found. Uh, her body was buried in Forest Hill Cemetery on the south side of Green Castle. Um, her headstone was later removed uh, due to souvenir hunters that would chip away pieces of it. Um, again, like we said, guys, this made national news. This was all over because Scott Jackson was this really prominent dentist at the time. And it's just a really horrific murder to happen. She was pregnant. The head was never found. I mean, this was 1890s. Nobody, nothing like this happened, especially in an area like, like this. Um, so again, like I mentioned, there were people that said that um, Jackson and Whaling were actually satanic cultists, that the head had been found in the center of a pentagram etched into the slaughterhouse floor in blood, and that Jackson, with his dying breath, vowed to never rest and to haunt those that wronged him. 
It is unclear how much truth any of these details have, but one thing is for sure, that the innocent woman was killed and beheaded, and that the legends stubbornly remain adding a bit more grimness to the area. So yeah, there definitely was a murder. Her head was never found. That was all rumor. That never happened. I definitely do not believe at all they were Satanists, but I do believe they killed her because they just wanted to get rid of her and thought it would be easier. Um, if people are able to find her gravesite, um, this is kind of a little fun fact that I found from a website um, called PCPL Local History and Genealogy, that if you leave a penny heads up to provide Pearl a head, it will give you good luck. So Is that where the whole thing with the top, the penny being face up? If you found a penny with it being, I almost up, wonder because I've is I've that heard, where that came from? That would be interesting. I mean, it's been the eighteen. That's been since the eighteen nineties. Because I won't pick up a penny if it's face down. I, I won't either. Always I always pick them when they're face, face up. up. Yeah, because I've always been told that's good luck. Ooh, that's It's one hundred fifty year history. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Oh, that's literally one hundred fifty. I would not doubt it one bit. Um, so by the 1920s, the murder of Pearl Bryan had all been forgotten, and the old slaughterhouse that did stand there at the time was torn down and rebuilt into a roadhouse um, that was soon turned by mobsters into an illicit bar and casino at the time that was called the Primrose, and during Prohibition, by all accounts, it was a hive of bootleggers, gangsters, and other unsavory elements. Um, it would become a magnet for violence, other gangs tried to muscle in on the territory. Um, they brought gang warfare and left many dead. In the 50s, the notorious roadhouse changed hands, was renamed the Latin Quarter, and it was here that another famous death would occur that actually has never been substantiated or any actual documentation has come forward to suggest that this really happened. This is literally folklore, guys. Like yeah. This is actually like folklore. Yeah. Um, and you can even when you look it up about it, there is there's no evidence at all. It's literally called folklore. Yeah, I didn't find anything. Um, now going back to the being the bar, the Primrose back during Prohibition, um, that whole area of Northern Kentucky, actually even into Cincinnati, because Chicago and Cleveland were big crime magnets back in the 1920s and 1900s, and a lot of that was fueled. Because of bootlegging back during Prohibition. Well, even they, Hamilton, like Cincinnati oh area, gosh, was called yeah. Little Chicago. They made so much money with illegal sales of alcohol. Yep. Because you couldn't buy it because of Prohibition at the time. So all of that was funneling from Chicago into Cleveland into Cincinnati all the way into Newport and Northern Kentucky. So um, I think even one of the owners of the Primrose or one of the managers at the time was shot and killed. I mean, there were so many murders there, so much gang violence at the time. So there again, you've got Indians being murdered. You've got the slaughterhouse. You've got poor Pearl Bryan. You've got gangsters and gang activities and people being murdered. I mean, this death, place death, is just death, de death. literally nothing but death. Literally nothing but death. Rivers of blood. Yeah, guys, this place is, if they're going to call any place a portal to hell, I would fucking believe it was at Bobby Mackey's going into this history for sure. Um, so this story about a woman named Johanna, um, it originates back in the 1950s at the time when the building was known as the Latin Quarter. 
and she was the daughter of the building owner. She was also a dancer there. According to the folklore, she fell in love with a local musician whose name was Robert Randall, um, and their tryst ended up in her becoming pregnant, and this did not sit well with her father at all. Um, he was so angry, in fact, that he actually had the mob kill Randall, um, which just spiraled Johanna out of control. She fell into a deep depression, had a total nervous breakdown. When she finally snapped, she poisoned her own father, scrawled a poem, um, or what else would be known as a suicide note, professing her love in one of the rooms on the wall. Uh, she went down into the basement near where the um, portal to hell uh, well is, and she killed herself. Um, again, much of this lore has been debated uh, because there there is no evidence of, of any of this. Again, like Casper mentioned, folklore. Nobody's been able to find any evidence of Johanna, Robert Randall, any of this story. Fun fact, though, there's a song by Bobby Mackey. There is a song by Called her. Johanna. And it's, didn't he pull most of, a lot of the lyrics from it, supposedly from the letter that she left sprawled on the walls? Yeah, because uh, way back in the 30s in Little Town, we can't play the song because Copyrights. copyright infringement yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's all it, over YouTube, though, if you guys it is. Hear it. Uh, and you actually, they play it on the Ghost and Adventures episode. And they play it episode. in the Ghost Adventures episode. Um yeah, her daddy was a jealous man, but Johanna fell in love. He kept saying the man dealt a bad hand. So deep in the night, when all the world is quiet, someone came and took her lover's life. Johanna, Johanna, where are you now? Could it be you're still here somehow? Um, I actually like this song, to be honest with you. I'm not a big country music person at all. I really don't like country it's music. It's a pretty song. But it's actually really, I like the tune of it. It's kind of catchy. And knowing the history behind it, um... I, re I really do like it. And Bobby Mackey wrote it, so. Which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that he actually, like, he was a country singer. Guys, he's so. still a country singer to this day. He's still cutting albums and recording music. And he still plays at Bobby Mackey's a couple times a week. So, yeah, he's still going strong. Um, he's owned Bobby Mackey's uh, since the late 70s. Um, the Latin Quarter shut down in 1978, and not long after that, Bobby Mackey bought it and turned it into Bobby Mackey Music World. Woo! Um, if you want to go into more of the history about Bobby Mackey, because like I said, I don't, I, what little history I know about him besides being a country singer and what I learned on Ghost Adventures isn't, isn't much, but there are some pretty interesting facts about him and his family and how this area, you know, how in coming to own this bar, because one thing I always found interesting is that I I think even now to this day, he is still very skeptical about activity there. I think he believes people when they say things, but I don't think, and you can totally prove me if I'm wrong on this because you probably know better than I do. I don't think he himself has ever had any personal experiences. I don't have much on him. Okay. Um, Basically, I just have, he was born on March 25th, 1948. He's a traditional country singer. And now, he, there's a thing real quick about his name, though. Oh, yeah, I was going to go into okay, that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I thought that was really so interesting. So, Robert Randall is the apparent lover of Joanna. Right. That was his name. Now, when Bobby Mackey was born, his mother named him Bobby Mackey and then had... 
this weird feeling that she should actually rename him Robert Randall Mackey. Um, and someone was mentioning, they were like, you know, I don't really believe in reincarnation, but that's very odd that she would rename him the name of the supposed lover of Joanna. So that's very interesting to me. Um, there's not much about Bobby Mackey as far as like history and everything. He basically just knows that, um, he goes into the fact that he knows that it was originally used as a slaughterhouse. It was torn down for a roadhouse to become a roadhouse. Now he doesn't believe in any of the stuff. Right. He has never had an experience. Every time he goes there, nothing happens. He just, he doesn't believe in any of it. Um, and there is, um, like Becky had mentioned, there was the book Hell's Gate that promoted the haunting rumors and the claims about Pearl Bryan, but there's still no connection, concrete connection between Pearl Bryan and Bobby Mackey's. Um, so there's not really much on Bobby Mackey as a person. There really isn't. It's basically that he's just a country singer that, uh, opened Bobby Mackey's. And like I said, he has never had an experience so he doesn't believe in any of this stuff. He just thinks that people are probably going overboard with it, which, you know, if you've never had an experience and it's his establishment, he's going to be like, no, there's nothing wrong. But if you would have seen the post that I posted today, I actually posted a picture of the disclaimer that they have at, like, the front of the building that says this establishment is haunted. We are basically not responsible for anything that happens to you. Enter at your own risk. Basically is what they're saying. Guys, do you know when I had to book the room for the Borden house, that's basically what they say to you? Of course, the Borden house doesn't scare me, though. It doesn't scare us, but I just <laughs> thought it was interesting. Like, hey, by the way, we're not responsible if you see a ghost and no refunds. Um, now, so his wife, though, his oh, wife yeah. has experienced some shit and she won't go in there. Nope. She, she, to this day, will not go back to Bobby Mackey. She um, has claimed to be scratched and pushed downstairs. And I believe that they they have a daughter, and she was actually pregnant with their daughter at the time when she was working at the club at the bar. And she was they keep things stored down in the basement. She was coming back up the steps, and something pushed her down the steps when she was pregnant. So mind you, again, Pearl Bryan was killed, and her head was dumped down that basement when she was pregnant. Too much of a connection there. So, yeah, yeah, to this day, Bobby Mackey's wife has never been back. And that happened back in the 80s. So it's been over 30 years since she has stepped foot in that building. And I don't blame her one bit. I wouldn't either. That would horrify me. And, of course, like we said, people always say, so there is no direct connection between Pearl Bryan and Bobby Mackey's. But, again, there wouldn't be because that murder happened in the 1890s and it didn't become Bobby Mackey's until the 1970s. Right. So the only connection that they have is, is, the land. is the land. And again, so many people have said that, no, they didn't dump the head down the well. They dumped their head into the river and dumped the body in Fort Thomas. But I firmly believe they dumped the head down that well. Like oh, yeah. we said, I think it was just much easier to cover it up and a much easier way to make sure that they were going to get rid of it. Because that would have been the only way to identify the body. But, of course, like we said, the tag in her shoe was able to identify the body anyway. So, 
Um, but yeah, the only other thing, well, going into like after what happened with Bobby Mackey's wife, right? Um, the most well-known incident, which you guys, I'm sure, if you've heard anything about Bobby Mackey's, this has come up in conversation. He was 20 years old when he started working there. His name was Carl Lawson. Oh yeah, yeah. He started working there. He was cleaning and painting, and then he later actually moved into the attic of the building. And became a permanent caretaker. He actually began to complain of being tormented by supernatural phenomenon. As going far as to say he was being attacked and possessed by demons. Um, that he believed to be crawling out through the slaughterhouse while well in the basement. Which he conceived was a portal to hell. Listen, if you're fucking seeing demons crawling out of some shit. No. Just No. Uh, the club actually had great success, and Lawson continued to live there, believing it had to be cleansed of its evil. Although Maggie was very strict with him not to talk about his supernatural experiences, patrons and employees at the bar began to have their own strange brushes with it. Besides seeing objects move, having electronics or lights turn off by, on or off by themselves, catching glimpses of shadowy apparitions, and often being overcome with a thick, overpowering sense of dread and malice that would descend upon them, Many of these witnesses claim to have been physically attacked by the invisible entities, often shoved or pushed down the stairs. In particular, this activity seemed to intensify greatly the closer one was to the well in the basement, cementing the idea that it was somehow the epicenter of all the ghostly phenomenon. So, this guy... Um, I'm sorry, this guy, Carl Lawson, was... Possessed by a demon that resided in Bobby Mackey's and his possession was completely caught on camera. Um, he referred to this other person, quote unquote, as Charlie, where he would go into this alter ego. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was named Charlie. And from what I have gathered, Charlie is the demon. Mm -hmm. Where when he was possessed by Charlie, he would, I'm sorry, when he was possessed by the demon, he would become quote unquote Charlie. And you can even hear like the guy doing the exorcism in the video screaming, get out of him, Charlie, get out of him, Charlie. And there was one point where he said, we've been doing this for a thousand fucking years. His body is mine. He's mine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have, oof. I just got chills saying that. <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. Um, another extremely malicious entity, of, according to some people, has been a cowboy who um, attacks people and beats people into unconsciousness, apparently. He is a man with a handlebar mustache and haunts the restrooms and is said to repeat, die game, which means la it's Latin for die well, over and over and over again. It's a very dark, angry, dark shadow that likes to break things and seems to especially target women with um, its attacks. So, he's one of the biggest ones, and then Joanna, the which might not even be Joanna. Who the fuck knows what that is? Well, it always I always found it interesting that now I could come to believe that an apparition, like I said, this girl I knew. Her mom's friend or sister saw the apparition of the cowboy in the doorway of the men's restroom when she was coming out of the women's restroom. Oh, my God. And said he didn't try to attack her or anything, 
but she said she saw him as if like she was turning the corner and she was like, oh, excuse me, like thinking she was running into somebody and noticed that he definitely wasn't dressed like, I mean, this was the, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. So he definitely wasn't dressed like he was of that time period. Clearly he was wearing something from like 1800s. And as soon as she said that and saw him, he just vanished. But was like very scary, didn't make a sound, like just, but... Was like I'm very here. menacing, like yeah. just like, like a very strong, heavy presence. And her, this girl I knew's mom is the one that in the bathroom. Now, see, this is where I get kind of skeptical about the Joanna thing because at the time you used to be able to smoke in bars and clubs, right? And it's a women's bathroom. If you're gonna, you're gonna smell perfume in a women's bathroom. How many times have you smelled perfume? A woman walks by and she's I mean, wearing really heavy perfume. Most like, of the time, the bathroom is where a woman freshens up. Yeah. So, so she's going to spray some. She's going to go in there like, oh, I'm on this date. Let me spray some perfume and do my hair or whatever. <laughs> and maybe have a cigarette in there. So I could see how in the bathroom you would see cigarette smoke or smell perfume. I, I, that's that's where that part of it, especially since, like I told you, there's nothing to back up this Joanna story, and I don't really know if I buy into it. I don't know the if we mentioned it, guys, the, but the smoke and the perfume smell is supposed to be a sign of Joanna. It's supposed presence. to be a sign of Joanna, yeah, which this lady I knew stated that she experienced. But again, like I said, this could happen in any women's bathroom in that time, especially since smoking was allowed. You know, that wasn't, that wouldn't have been uncommon. Um, the other thing I was going to add before was I had found something about the water that I mentioned. It's believed that spirits cannot cross flowing water. So that's the thing about bodies of water. It's believed that they cannot cross flowing water. So with the way that the Licking River runs, it's a northern current. It's believed that all of the dark energy that's been in that place all of these years is being trapped there because there's nowhere for it to cross because of the where that body of water is and the way that body of water is running. Well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Totally makes perfect sense. Yeah, definitely. It's actually funny that um, I just still find, find it just interesting that Bobby Mackey like doesn't believe in any of this, but he's the one that wrote the song about Joanna. And almost wrote maybe it, maybe almost he's wrote had an experience, he but he doesn't want to talk about it because this is his bar, you know. And people come, people go there more now for the paranormal shit than the fact that it's actually still a very functioning bar. Like, I'll give you guys a story a friend of mine at work told me. Um, well, I don't think he really. I think at first he thought that this was going to ruin his business. Yeah. If people think they're think it's haunted, they're never going to want to come. But then all of a sudden he finds out, oh, wait, this is a big part of the reason why people are wanting to come. And whether or not he's had a paranormal experience or not, the guy's a businessman. And when he sees right. a moneymaker, is a fucking moneymaker. He's like, oh, we're going to hire somebody to do paranormal uh-huh. tours. Let's yep. do this. We got um, it. This girl I work with about four years ago said that she went there and she said even pulling into the parking lot, she felt a heaviness. And she walked in to the establishment and was like, something was wrong. She's like, it just, it felt so heavy. And she's like, I could have been creeping myself out because I knew of the place. But she's like, 
I didn't even really know the history of the place until I left there and really researched it because she's like, I wanted to understand why it felt like that. And it, I was like, that is just, you drove into the parking lot and felt it. And she told me, she's like, I don't even like driving by that building. I don't even like going by it. I ended up learning more about it. So flash forward a few years later, I worked at a restaurant uh, in my early 20s with two sisters that had gone down there. And one of the sisters said she never experienced anything. Now, there have been people who have gone there and said they haven't experienced a thing. Maybe... Maybe they just chalk it, maybe they do and they just chalk it up to just a coincidence or anything, or maybe they just don't have those type of sensitive feelings and they literally felt nothing. So I believe that could happen. But one of the other sisters refused to ever go back there. She said that she felt a presence there. I don't remember if she actually said she saw anything, but she just said that that place felt very wrong, felt very evil, felt very negative. And that's actually what led to her into wanting to do more research about uh, Bobby Mackey. So it's funny that like, even way before the Ghost Adventures episode came out, just from living in this area and meeting people that have gone there, once, you know, the internet and you could just look stuff up, people would go there and go, why am I feeling, why do I, why am I experiencing things there? Or why am I feeling an evil presence there? Well, now you can look it up and do the research and find out why this place mm-hmm. is evil. And it's been evil from the very start. Um, I did want to make a quick correction because I found the name of the bar owner of the Primrose when it was the gangster bar before it became the Latin Quarter. Um, his name was Buck Brady in 19, 1933. So he ran it. Um, he was in cahoots with the mobsters and a casino. Um, he actually refused to sell the bar to some Cincinnati mobsters. Uh, that led to uh, threats of violence against himself, people who worked for him, and his customers. Until one day, uh, he got sick of all of it, drew his gun on one of the mobsters named Red Masterson, uh, shot him and was charged with attempted murder. So Red Masterson lived, but Buck was charged with attempted murder and left the business in 1946. So by 1946, he had left the Primrose and it went on to become the Latin Quarter in the early 1950s. And then that's where the Joanna legend came from. So correction, I had originally thought that the owner had been shot, but no, he shot someone and it was mobsters that were trying to take the bar away from him, and he ended up getting charged with attempted murder. So, yeah, this whole place is just an absolute, again, like we said, guys, no desires whatsoever to ever go to Bobby Mackey's at all. It's Primrose so... Everdeen. <laughs> Where is this that? whole time, Where is I've been from? thinking about that. Where is that from? Hunger Games. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Because every yeah. time you say Primrose, I'm like, Primrose Everdeen. I'm like, why does that sound so... And then I was like, oh, I volunteer. your games. Got it. Um, so I do have one more story to share with you guys. Um, this is my fr- from my friend Shauna. She saw that we were doing a, po- or a post, an episode on Bobby Mackey's, and she's like, actually, I've had... I went there for a ghost hunt and oh, had some experiences. Oh, girl. That's our walking dead walking girl. Walking dead My girl. wife. One of my <laughs> 7,000 wives. So, 
Um, so she said she went for a ghost hunt, sat in a dressing room of one of the quote unquote showgirls because she can't remember exactly what they're called back then. We got her to move some stuff we had set down on the vanity. Oh, I'm sorry. So they got whoever it was that was there to move some stuff that they had sat down on the vanity. Uh, she said she wishes has, she had all the recordings, but the girl that she actually went with, they're not friends anymore, and she thinks that she actually had all of it. Otherwise, she would love to share it with us. Uh, we heard voices, including a man's voice, that told us to get out of the dressing room. Um, she said, right when we got down to the basement area where the dressing rooms used to be, I felt cold and very uncomfortable. If I remember correctly, someone had killed themselves down there by hanging. Which, Joanna. Joanna. I'm pretty sure it was one of the performers there. After we'd spent a good amount of time downstairs, we made our way back up to the bar area and started hearing glasses clanging, but there was nobody there. I kept hearing laughter as well. I'm pretty sensitive to activity, so some places really come out and I can hear things if it's strong enough. Anyway, I started hearing music, music playing, and it sounded like an old piano and lots of happy shouting. By the time we left at 5 a.m., I was extremely worn out from everything, but I am very happy with my experience. You're stronger than me, ma'am. I'm telling you. <laughs> I just, I, you know, me and one of my best friends, Mackenzie, we had discussed going there at one point, and I'm, I'm personally thankful we never did, because every time I always wanted to go there, it seemed like something came up. It seemed like I just had this feeling that was like, you, you can't. Don't do it. Because if you do... I already have... You guys... If you guys have listened to my past... Our... My... Our past podcast, you know I have a demon attached to me. Yep. And he's just waiting for something. Me watching The Exorcist more than likely, but... Still, like, going into a haunted establishment like that where I know it's haunted by demons... He's just going to be like, hey, buddies, what's up? And then, you know, he's going to get one of his buddies to come home with me and then... <laughs> okay... That's great. Party over here. <laughs> but it was always like something came up every time I, I had started making to plans go. to go. Yeah, I was supposed to go back in the day with um, another girl that I knew from high school. And me and this person are no longer friends. And I am so glad I didn't go with this person because they are not good people. That is not a good place. And I just don't need that kind of negativity in my you life. You don't even know what could have like, happened. Like, oh, no. Seriously. I have no idea what could have happened to me. And again, like you mentioned, I have had a demonic experience. I don't like to talk about it much because it's always like, woohoo. And, you know, it's just, it's powerful. It's very powerful. If you believe in it and you've had it happen, like we've mentioned on our Warren's episode, it's it's something that is unexplainable, but it is terrifying and it's horrifying. You know, and you know when, it's when a demon is in yeah. the room with you. You, you know, know. What it is. You feel this sense of hopelessness and dread, and he- it's just it's it's almost like if there was a blanket over you. That's a perfect way to describe it, too, yeah. If there was, like, a legitimate... You know, like, one of those... Not one of those, like, really nice light blankets, but I'm talking about one of those, like, heavy-duty blankets literally just being placed on top of your head. It's almost suffocating. It's so heavy. You feel weighted like you can't breathe. I've walked into rooms like that 
I've walked into people's homes like that where literally the whole energy and the air in the room feels so heavy, you feel like you can't breathe. You literally walk out of that room or walk out of that house or that place and you go outside or go somewhere else and it's literally like, <gasps> like you can breathe again. Like you can literally breathe again because you just had to get away from that because you can start to feel like something is attaching itself to you. Well, trust always, like I was telling Becky earlier, trust your instincts. Your instincts are going to more than likely be correct. And if you feel like you need to get out of somewhere, get out. Or if you feel that sense of dread, get out of there. Because more than likely there's an evil spirit. More than likely it's a demon. And yeah. it's going Guys, to... Guys, it's not worth it. Um... Carl Lawson that, you know, he has since passed away and, um, his, you know, parts of the exorcism that was performed by him was seen on ghost adventures. There is video on YouTube that you can find. It's, it's horrifying to see what he goes through. And I also want to point out the fact that Carl was an addict and anybody that has struggled with any type of addiction, whether it's drug and alcohol addiction, which I have myself in the past, I've been Almost five years clean and sober. Very proud of myself. But give it um, up for Becky. Woo hoo! Pew pew pew! Yes. <laughs> um, and you know, it's you are you are highly susceptible to the influence of demons when you have been through something like that. You're, you're more susceptible to attaching themselves to you, and I believe that's what happened to Carl, and I believe that's why he stayed. At Bobby Mackey's, because I think that somewhere in what was left of a rational mind that he had had before the demons really started to attach themselves to him, I think he almost felt like some type of responsibility because he would even say it. Like, I felt like I had to cleanse this place. I, I guess maybe in a way feeling like he was going to cleanse himself. Um there's, that might have been what he thought. I think that's if he, what he thought. If he, maybe he thought if they cleansed the place, somehow it would help. Get, it would leave me. He probably didn't think of it as the fact that it was him that was haunted, not the place. If you don't know about that kind of stuff, that's probably what you're thinking. Demons are place. tricksters. Yeah. Yeah, they lie to you. Well, so it's just like that couple. Leave. We watched it. I was just about to say that. We yeah. watched an interview, or I'm sorry, a documentary on this couple who went there last year, and there is a demon that followed them home claiming to be Carl. It's not Carl. Every single fucking time they asked that spirit, what is your name? It always said Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson did not follow them home. No. Charlie followed them home. I don't believe so. It's called um, Bobby Mackey's, in parentheses, in parentheses, The Aftermath, Living Dead Paranormal. Um, it's a special thanks to Gatekeepers Paranormal, which was the paranormal investigative team that um, went through and uh, interviewed Michael and uh, Mikkel, which were the couple... Um, and they also went through and did an investigation in Bobby Mackey's. Um, it happened to this couple last year. They both talk about how in the past that they both struggled with substance abuses and they've both been clean and sober, but it was mentioned by a woman in the documentary that if you haven't anything like that in your past is not recommended to visit a place like this because 
these demons will find that weak moment in you. They will attach themselves to that and they will not leave you. That's why I in no way, shape or form believe that this is Carl that attached to them. And that's what demons do. Like I said, they're tricksters. They will make you think that they'll, 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 come to you in the appearance of a child. Usually a little girl. They will girl. come to you in the appearance of something that's the most innocent to to trick you, to make you believe that they are not evil. Annabelle. They will, dude, the nun, man. Like, how do you get any, how do Valak, like, you're, you look like a nun? Like, that's supposed to be one of the most holiest symbols in, in a demon to dress like that? Or like you even said, they always come back like a little girl. You know, that's a big thing. Anytime, Anytime you, you ever girl, have... A little girl haunting. Yeah, be careful about that. Do not trust it. Yeah. Even if there was a little girl that died in the establishment, get a psychic medium, get somebody who knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. to make sure it is a little girl because that is exactly what those motherfuckers do. They're going to make you think that it is that little girl and they're going to ask to be invited in and you're going to invite them in and guess what? You're fucked. You're just... They and start they showing their true colors. They manipulate voices, too. Yeah, if you think you're hearing... Which is another reason why I think, actually, demons are very attached to skinwalkers. Mm-hmm. Because... When you hear the sound of your own voice, or you hear the sound of a loved one, so you're automatically going to go run... Oh, that's my mom, my boyfriend, my husband, my child. You're going to go run to the sound of that voice, and then that's how they get you. And that's perfect that you would say that, because... If skinwalkers have their lore, lore in Indi- from from Native Americans, that to me would be their definition of a demon. Mm-hmm. That would almost be like their equivalent to a demon. I think it's very well likely that they're both interconnected for sure. For they sure. they shapeshift. Demons shapeshift. Yeah. They oh, voice yeah, yeah, manipulate. Yeah. Demons voice manipulate. Yep. There was one part in that... Um, it's really crazy, too, because that thing we were watching, the the documentary, there's one time where he says, is there a demon here? And the yes that you hear is so evil sounding. And then when they're like, what's your name? And it says Carl Lawson, it sounds like Carl Lawson. It Lawson's sounds, voice. I was just about to say that it sounds just like Carl. It goes from that evil voice into the very next second sounding exactly like Carl's voice. Because it was like, yes. And then it was like. Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, he's tricking you. It's not Carl. That is probably, guys, seriously, besides the Ghost Adventures episodes that they've done, that documentary, hands down, is is one of the best ones that I've seen so far with Bob. And, and I really feel for those people. According to the end of it, they're okay now. Yeah. I'm very thankful that they're okay now. You can be cleansed of it, you know, um, you can have a shaman, a priest, whatever, whatever you believe in, be cleansed of it, but just always remember that demons never really go away. Like, God is what banishes demons. We as humans cannot completely rid ourselves of them. All we can do is to protect ourselves as much as we can and keep them at bay. And... Make sure that you are blessed so that they do not have any type of attachment to you. Because even if you can't completely banish them, you invoke the name of God, you keep them from completely attaching themselves to you. But like I said, I don't 
I wouldn't even trust a cleansing, giving myself a cleansing before I go in Bobby Mackey's. I just, not, not that I don't trust my abilities and what I believe in, but I just believe that that place is so powerful. And I think that, the, you know, and I hate to say this because I understand that you guys have a business to run. I get Bobby Mackey has a business to run. I get everybody there has a job and wants to get their bills paid. But I believe, and I have firmly believed since they open the doors and they do these ghost hunts and they do all this stuff, you're, you're capitalizing on this. You're wanting to keep you're wanting to keep this money flowing in, but at the expense of, of what? Leave of your people, bar somewhere else. Yeah. Of people being demonically attacked that that's at risk. So you have to have this disclaimer up in your bar that, you know, if you are, Hey, not our problem. It's, but not your problem, but you hold these ghost tours. You invite these, these paranormal investigators to come in the, the, you know, you do people come in there and they do these sessions and they stir all of this up. These demons are feeding off of that energy. They are constantly feeding off of that energy. And I believe that there has been a gateway of evil in that area from the start before there was ever a slaughterhouse club roadhouse, Bobby Mackey's before anything was ever built there from the time that it was Indian land that was stolen from them and they were brutally massacred by settlers and had their land ripped away, that place has been an evil portal from the start. Well, too, you know, you're recognizing... You're recognizing that they're there. And they're eating that shit up. Oh, yeah. They're, they're eating they're eating that up. And they're loving this shit. They're lo- absolutely loving it. Because they're just like, new people walk in and they're just like, hmm, who's going to get this one, guys? Who's going to get this one? Who's going to go home with this one? Fresh meat. They're like, ooh, new people. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, and also they're the ultimate narcissist. They want you to acknowledge them. Of course they do. They want you to know that they're there. Exactly. They can't thrive otherwise. Like, that's what they... They're like, this is boring, guys. We've been doing this all day, and we've gotten nothing done because no one cares. Except here, they're like, oh, everybody's acknowledging that we're doing this shit. We're doing a great job, guys. (laughs) Keep it going. Keep it up. tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Steve. (laughs) See you, Steve. I'll see you in the morning. Good looking out, Steve. Fucking demons getting in there early in the morning, getting their coffee, and they're like, oh, all right, guys. We got a good day of scares. What are we going to do? Yeah. Is someone someone taking a vacation today? Who's going home with somebody? Um, I think, Brian, I think that's your time to do that. Brian, it's time. You got to go home with someone today. And Brian's like, fuck. (laughs) I'm ready for this. So much pressure. They're like giving pep talks, and they're like, you got this, Brian. He's like, I got this. He's like training, <laughs> like Rocky, like getting ready for his da, 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 demon, da, 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 getting ready for his demon da, da, possession. Da. Oh my god! In all seriousness, though, guys, don't go there. Just yeah. don't. I I don't know. Like I said, I I don't go at your own risk. I don't want to ruin anybody's business. I get y'all are just trying to make some money, but nah, nope. I'm good. It's not worth it. It is not. It is not worth being possessed by a demon. And if you do go, 
Go to a church afterwards. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if you go, you just better pray with everything in you. And I know, you know, not everybody's religious. Not everybody believes in God. Not everybody believes in demons. Not everybody believes... I get, I get that, and I'm not trying to shove that down your throat in any way, shape, or yeah, form. No, not at all. But right. I'm in all seriousness. This is shit is real. Like, you can believe what you want, and if you don't believe in it, that's fine. But I've had experiences with demons, and it fucking sucks. So we're just putting a little disclaimer out there, guys. Like we said, warning. I've, yeah, just a little warning. Yeah, not God or Bobby Mac. <laughs> Y'all not go to Bobby Mackey's. That place is evil. There's so many demons there. That is better. Sometimes that is better, but they're not <laughs> even dead. They're just demons, so they just do whatever the fuck they want to. But y'all not go to the fucking Bobby Mackey's. I almost forgot the name of it. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I almost said Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh no. Mama! Here we are again. Here we are again. <laughs> Didn't mean to make you cry. Here where's we are again. The- we're back in the fucking 80s. Wait, where's the lighter at in the... <laughs> Carry on. Carry I had to on. Flick- I had to flick the bit, guys. I'm sorry. Nothing I'm old school. Really I'm yeah, everybody's turning on their flashlights. Everybody on their turns on phones. I'm still the like old hippie that's like, free bird! Fuck, dick, burn my fucking finger. Fuck! <laughs> She's fucking doing a lighter in here. Like, woo! All right, guys, so I think that wraps up Bobby Mackey's. That was a great episode. I enjoyed doing that episode. Yeah. So, oh my god, June! We have so. Chucky, Lizzie Borden, Salem Witch Trials. I'm so excited for this month, guys. I'm so, so, so excited. Especially for the Chucky one. Our Chucky episode is going to be fun as hell. I'm excited about that one. That fun one's gonna as be hell. Hilarious. I got a game to play. Let's. It's called Hide the Soul. You're it. <laughs> yeah, that one is going to be a total turn. Because we've done some dark stuff. And this one's going to be hilarious. Um, and then, of course, Lizzie the on the... 12th, which is actually my birthday. It is. We won't be recording um, that day, but we, because guess what? We're recording in the house. EVP session will be during the episode. We'll probably do it, run it for about maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, and then talk about, give you some Lizzie Borden history. And I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking because we're going to be doing that, it might stir something up. Yeah. Talking about the history of it and talking about, um, how we personally feel about it and us being, you know, me being a lesbian and you being queer and bringing up all that kind of stuff. I feel like we might stir something. So we should probably do the EVP session at the end of yeah. it. Yeah. See if we get any, um, and if you hear any bangs or anything, like we're not going to be moving. So if you hear any bangs or anything, that's not going to be us. Yeah. And if we hear anything, we'll go like, uh, yeah, guys, that was not us. That was Coming from somebody. He's going to be so, hear me being like, hey, how you What's going on? Hi. What's up? Um, the 19th, <laughs> we're going to be doing the Salem Witch Trials episode. Um, and then at the end of the month is going to be our serial killer episode. So this is a really interesting one. And the reason why I brought it up to Casper is because this may 
this is not a very popular serial killer that a lot of you may not know about. Um, it's one that I had heard of. And uh, last week, he was actually finally executed um, by lethal injection for murders and rapes that he committed back in 1984. Um, his name was Bobby Joe Long. So that will be our serial killer episode. Um, I like that we're kind of taking a turn with one that's not very popular. You know, we did Bundy for Netflix, obviously, uh, BTK because of his daughter writing the book. Um, Dahmer, because we had Mackenzie on, and Dahmer is kind of all equally our favorite, so we really wanted to do an episode about him, um, and then kind of take a turn and do one that maybe a lot of you aren't familiar with, but was recently really popular in the news, because he was finally executed after sitting on death row for a number of years, so um, yeah, June's going to be an amazing month, guys. Uh, I Casper and I have not... Neither one of us, I think, separately have been on a real vacation in quite a long, very overdue time. 2008. Yeah, 2012. It's a little bit more recent, kind of. <laughs> and I've actually, to be honest with you, I've never been somewhere legitimately haunted either. Yeah, me either. This is my first. Um, well, I've been in haunted locations, but not solely haunted. You know what I'm saying? Like. I was in Ryan's Tavern. Ryan's Tavern is considered quote-unquote haunted. It's not Ryan's Tavern anymore. It's some kind of Asian cuisine place now. But it was considered haunted, like the upstairs was. And they even told me there was one night the guy was like, you can go upstairs and check it out if you want. And I was like, not alone. <laughs> and my cousin wouldn't go with me. So I was like, well, this is lame. But um, I've never been to somewhere like, for the purpose of actually visiting a place that was haunted. I've, see, I'm the same way. I never have been either. I guess the only other place that I could think of is, um, which is actually kind of interesting, it's Music Hall in Cincinnati, which, oh, yeah. again, I mentioned was built on the Potter's Grave, and a lot of people have reported, um, you know, paranormal activity there. And uh, we had taken a couple of field trips there when I was in high school to see plays. And I had remembered back in high school in the bathroom, smelling perfume in the bathroom again. This was another, just like Bobby Mackey's, this was another thing that would occur that people would mention smelling perfume. Um, flash forward so many years later, at like one of the first conventions I ever went to in Columbus some time ago, I met uh, Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters. And he happened to mention to me, which I thought was very interesting. So this is something that everybody should keep in mind, especially maybe even with the Bobby Mackey story. So I found this really interesting. He said that a lot of old buildings are built with cherry wood. So if they turn on a heat system, that cherry wood heats up you're going to smell it through the air ducts of the building. So oh. you would naturally think that it would be perfume. Makes sense. Debunked. <laughs> Good Sorry. Debunked. Sorry, guys. But, you know, I think that was one of the big reasons why I really liked that show, because they weren't all guns gung-ho in there, like Ghost Adventures trying to taunt people. They were actually kind of going in there a bit skeptical and trying first to debunk things before they went in and tried to get some real hardcore paranormal activity. Because a lot of stuff, if there's like 
for instance, high EMF readings, um, you know, you're going to, but, but you're near electrical units. You can have those experiences that make you think that you're seeing spirits or, you know, again, if you've got like bad plumbing systems and you're hearing bangs and things that could be that or your house settling. And then just like he said, with this cherry wood thing, that would make perfect sense. It was a very well available wood back in that time. A lot of buildings were built with it. So then if they have any new air duct systems, as soon as you turn that on, you're going to smell that wood and that would lead you to believe that it was possibly perfume. So that would be something to keep in mind with the Bobby Mackey story too. Not yeah. saying that I'm going to, you know, people could say that ex paranormal experiences I've had were fake. You know, if you've had a personal experience to you that you believe really happened, then I'm, I'm not going to argue with you that it didn't, you know, that's that, that was your own personal experience. So so, guys, a word from our sponsor. Yay! Calm your body down. <laughs> I love it. Every time. Um, so, thank you, I'm guys. I'm gonna be the very best. I love it. That no one ever was. Okay, I'm sorry. No copyright. Um, I didn't sing it. the whole thing. You did good. You did good. Trademarked by uh, Nintendo. Um, not me. Uh, so if you hey, guys I know somebody post, who works for Nintendo, we're fine. We do. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're okay. Um, if you guys haven't seen the post by now, uh, we have Pokemon inspired bath bombs. Um, they look just like Pokeballs. I'm so excited that they came out perfect. I'm just like thrilled. So if anybody out there is obviously a Pokemon fan or just recently saw Detective Pikachu, um, they are now available on the Etsy shop. So um, go to seeyourbd.com, or sorry, seeyourb at seeyourbd is the Instagram page. Uh, calmyourbodydown.com is the website if you want more information about the company. Um, and then there's links to the Etsy shop on there, and it's real easy. If you just go to Etsy, type in calmyourbody.com, um, you'll find the shop or the link is in the bio on Instagram. But again, guys, um, DFWTO is the coupon code. If you follow both pages on social media, you will get free shipping on everything. So um, I won't be shipping out anything next week when we're on vacation. So I'm sorry about that. If you guys do order anything next week, I will get it out to you as soon as we get back. But I just wanted to make sure that I let everybody know that because obviously I won't, I won't be here. June sixth so. through the tenth is when we're gonna be gone. Yeah, so. company's gonna be on standstill for that time. But yeah, please check it out, guys. They're they're awesome. They make your I'll post a video. They make your bath look all pretty, like the colors blend and it looks Ooh, pink. <laughs> the water looks so pretty. I love it. Calm so. your body down. <laughs> So, guys, if you want to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Don't Fuck With The Original. Twitter handle is DFWTO8811. Any questions or concerns, or you just want to say hello, email us at DFWTO8493. 8493? Yeah. Got it! DFWTO, <laughs> I don't know why I have a hard time, like, remembering that. DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And then follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Podcast Player, CastBox, or Podbean.
We put out new videos every Wednesday. <laughs> yes, we do. Every and I just, Wednesday. We love, thank you guys um, for all the follows and the listens and we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, apparently Spotify has been the big thing. So. Spotify has been huge. And it really sucks that Spotify won't let me see how many people are following us. Yeah. Because I'd like to know. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal to me, but it'd be kind of cool. It'd be cool to see how many people are following us on Spotify. Because I think it's a bigger platform. And I think now that we're on Spotify, more people are listening to us on Spotify. But any platforms that you listen to us on, guys, CastBox, Podbean, or Spotify, we appreciate all of it of course all of the followers on social media thank you and thank you okay no more tiny tim (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we'll see you next week for some chuck e bye